Hi, I'm Molly Moran, and this is the Table Wine Podcast. I am joined, as always, by my relaxed, very chill co-host, Andy Stoiber. Hello. You say that because you get to see me across the table today. <laughs> it's also the end of, after the school year, right? You just yeah. seem... It's that we the what is this dead week where it's like nothing is supposed to happen, which I really feel like should replace Christmas. It should just be like don't do anything for a week. That's the holiday, right? No celebrating, just no celebration, <laughs> no reason to go out and see family. Just stay in, stay in, stay in. Um, that other voice that you just heard, maybe you heard it. This our delightful <laughs> guest appearance by one Mr. Connor Moran. Hello, everyone. I'm back. <laughs> Connor, can you introduce yourself? Who? What if it's the first-time listener? Um, for first-time listeners, I'm Connor Moran. I am Molly's husband, and last year, you can go back and listen to old podcasts and see me win the blind tasting from this time last year. He did not win. He did not meet the goal <laughs> of that specific blind tasting, but he did school uh, me and Andy on picking the wines. So he is back for a very special episode. Yes. Yes, but before we get to that, we're going to drink a baller bottle of wine while we record this. Mm-hmm. A baller bottle of wine. <laughs> Which, how much do baller bottles go for at restaurants? Well, Molly doesn't say that lightly. It's smaller. I believe this is on the shelf for 75-ish. Oof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oof. So, um, we're not going to talk baller. about the wine too much. Because, you know, I know that's outside of most people's price range. <laughs> sure, but let's just talk about why we're drinking this specific wine to celebrate the new year with our friend Andy. Why are we drinking this wine? Where'd it come from? Oh, that's why. <laughs> I was like, I don't know. What, why it is it? It smells this? just like me. <laughs> yeah. Reminds me of Andy's hair. Earlier this year, I went to France and got to visit some wineries. And one of the wineries that I visited that I did not know prior to my trip, leading up to it, I was trying to make their name sound very French uh, because I was looking at it. And I, we kept saying Maison Arbor and Harbor. And we were trying to like do it with our French accents. And then we get there and here comes Nick Harbor, an American. And he's like, no, nah, it's Maison Harbor. That's just my last name. And he's like, the coolest guy. I really, really love Nick, and I hope that he comes to the state sometime so that people in, t- in Table Wine Land can meet him. So Nick and his wife own this winery in Savigny-le-Bon in Burgundy. They have really good relationships with people all throughout Burgundy, so they're able to buy grapes, which is like not, that's not common that like, I think Nick is younger than me, and so this is like not a normal thing. And it's his, his he established this winery when i within the last 10 years for sure and they are going for like kind of the italian agro turismo style like their idea is that us you and me and normal american people would come to burgundy we'd stay with them we'd get to eat some of their food we'd drink their wine and fall in love with burgundy instead of it being like very fancy here's the closed door kind of style Mm. so nick's wines are definitely above table wine price point (laughs) And I can't help but carry them. They're just so fantastic. And he's such a cool guy. Well, let's taste it. Yeah. Happy New Year to me. Right? Mm-hmm. So this is um, his Satinet Premier Cru. Um, Le Gravier is the specific plot of land within Satinet. So it's 100% Chardonnay. Mm. Right? Clean and exquisite. Right. Like just outrageous how good this wine is. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 So unbelievably lush, but crisp at the same time. Mm-hmm. 
It's like mushrooms and fruit. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like I mean, like I'm not eating seafood right now, but I don't understand why not. Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like there's like shellfish coming or something. Mm-hmm. It's so so good. Immediately, just, something came through. I'm like, oh, I've never had like certain wines. Where in the first sip, there's like a phantom quality of like this is special, and that immediately came through. And then you said mushroom, and like it's like yes, this is special, and. Yeah, and I brought it in for a private tasting that I did a couple weeks ago, and the host of that gathering, I I don't put prices on the private tasting menus, right? I don't want to make people feel awkward. And the host leaned over to me, and he's like, how much is this wine? And I told him, and he went, yeah, it tastes like that. Like, he just, like, had that, like, "Mm mm-hmm. It really does. Yeah. Well, that's, like, the first thing I thought, I I don't know why, but I was thinking of those wine tests where, like, like, the cheap wine is just as good as the expensive wine. And it's like, I want to sympathize with I just imagine anyone who drank this, like, oh, this is good. But I understand if you haven't drank, if you've never drank wine and you drank this, you would probably be like, why is it so expensive? But mm-hmm. if you've drank any wine, you, <laughs> right. you get it. Oh. And I have to say, having tasted, I don't know, half dozen or more of Mason Harbor's wines, that's true across the board. Like, it's yeah. one of those wineries where I'm like, nope, your wine is always worth the price. I, I will pay what you ask because your wines are so damn good. Yeah. So happy new year to happy us. New year. <laughs> happy new year to us. And to all of you listening at home. <laughs> Remembering that moment, we could have a who can drink more during the podcast recording. Not today. <laughs> we want to do that with this. But... Competition within a competition. Yeah. Good. I'm clearly going to lose that competition. You are. But what's the other competition today? Ooh. The other competition, I'm so excited. We've been talking about this for many, many months. So we are doing a, wait, hold on, like, drum roll. We are doing a wine draft. What? Like sports? (laughs) I don't do sports. When I think of you, Andy, I think of football. (laughs) I did play football. I'm I'm the build. I don't don't know what would I be anymore. It's a linebacker drinking Um, burgundy over here. So one of my favorite podcasts is The Big Picture, which is a movie podcast, and they do movie drafts where they'll pick a certain year or sometimes like other things, genres yeah, and comedies, things like that. Comedies. And then they draft them. And basically the idea is that all of the people, the hosts and the guests are trying to create their ideal lineup, whatever that means for the individual person. So we're going to give this a go. Uh, our format today is going to be... We're working off of 2022 best sellers at Table Wine. So within each of our categories, we are looking at the top 10 within each of those categories. And what are those categories today? (laughs) (laughs) I hope you do that the whole time. (laughs) And next we have... (laughs) Really? I feel like I need to do a voice now. Um, So we're going to pick our top red... White, sparkling, rosé, and then wild card. So wild card can be within any of those categories. It could be something else, as long as it is wine group. And it has to be in the top 100 best-selling items. The wild card does. Yes. Yes. So the way that it's going to work is one Miss Pippa Moran is going to join us. She's going to pick the draft order for us. So we'll go what they call a snake fashion. Mm. So... Whoever gets picked third actually gets to go third and then get the fourth pick as well. And then it goes back around. 
So this is hard. Let's just say that this is a scary, uncertain event game. Who knows? Because once someone picks a thing, it can't be picked again. And so we really don't know how these are going to turn out. And it's spooky. And it's really exciting. <laughs> and we can take you can take any category you want in yes. there. Um, one question I wanted to ask is: Are we all willing to commit to taking our wild card last, or do you take oh, your wild card whenever? You take your wild card whenever. I think the 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 easiest path is to take it last, but you don't have to. You, you could really us. screw people up if you chose to yes. do it differently. Yes. So no. Take two reds. Sure. Yeah. Okay, so... Oh, I didn't even think about that. You know what I'm saying? All right, so who Pippa is going to pick first in our draft? All right, let's see. Uh, Connor. Good. Wait, who was second? What's the order? Oh, go 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 Okay, great. Molly. Great, okay, I want to go last. And Andy's going last. I'm here for that. Thanks, Pip. Thanks, Pippa. Anytime. Thank you. And that was Pippa with the <laughs> announcement of order. <laughs> oh. Boy, this is hard. Going first is actually, I think, hardest. I really wanted to go third so I could go two in a row. Um, I, I have that luxury, and I'm not sure if it's going to help me or not. <laughs> uh, might not. It might not. But um, I, I tried. I spent a lot of time thinking about what are the wines that other people would draft. I'm trying to decide whether I want to take something off the board that I know Molly wants right away. But I also feel compelled to be able to... We sleep in the same bed, and so maybe yeah. he's not going to do that. <laughs> or maybe I am. I feel compelled to talk about the wine once I draft it, and so maybe I'm not going to draft something that you can talk about better than I can. Um, I think I can talk about all of them. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm going to start... I'm going to start... I'm going to take... Uh, a wine that was one of my staff picks. Mm-hmm. I'm going to take the second best-selling wine of the year, Uva Nangrata. Oh. Okay. Uva Nangrata Gamay. Get the Easy. first pick in the draft. Yeah, that seems right. It. That's an appropriate choice. Connor, what is it about the Uva that you like? Oh, my gosh. It's so drinkable. Uh, we got the wine in actually two Septembers ago. Um, and just in the first three or four months that it was in the store, it was one of the best-selling wines of the year. It is like, I know this isn't like the most interesting way to talk about a wine, but it's like the most generally applicable wine in the store. The price point's great. It's like $15. It goes with food in so many different ways. It's got some great depth, but it's still really light bodied. And uh, I just, when I drink that wine, I, th- I think, oh, I should drink this every week. I should just keep a case of this in my basement. And anytime I don't have something special to pill out, I should pull that out. You want to know what makes me really sad about Uva Non Grata? Really sad? Sad. Really sad. What's that? Some customer of my supplier in Milwaukee bought all of the Uva Non Grata, and there is no more until sometime next spring. Oh, my God. What? What? I'm heartbroken. I went to order it last week, and we go through somewhere between 6 and 12 bottles a week at least, and it's gone for a while. So everybody listening, if you have not had the pleasure of the Uva, I'm really sorry that you have to wait, but Connor's not wrong. It's a great. It's great. It's a great it's bottle of wine. Great at all times. Okay, so that's me. That's your turn now. Okay. So what's the second pick? Molly? All right, so it's my pick. So So I'm not going to lie. We were talking before we started recording that this is very challenging to figure out what our strategy is. Is it personal favorites? 
stay true to yourself or is it, you know, what do you think is going to be the crowd pleaser? And I should mention that we're going to let you all vote. Please vote. <laughs> vote for me. Save the, us. The intention here is that we're going to we're going to have these lineups and then you all get to pick who has the best lineup. So, you know, that's the motivation here as to, you know, what to pick. But I'm not going to lie that I don't most of our top selling reds don't call to me. They yeah. they do not say to me, "I you love me, I love you and we're in this together." Yeah. So, Connor took the one that of course was my top pick. That's actually not the Molly wine that I was going to draft. Right. No, we all I know what that is, but so because he took that, and that's totally fair, and I would have done it too if I was first, and I think Andy would have done it too if he was first. It was the obvious yes. first rep. Yes. <laughs> Success. Um, I am going to pick a red so that I get a red that I do love, and that's going to be the Venta La Vega Calizzo. It is a Spanish wine. The grape is Garnacho Tintorera, which is an obscure grape. It, we did it for Wine Club, and it was so popular that before the end of that month, like the month that we gave it out in Wine Club, everybody kept asking, I want to have more of that wine. And so it just found a permanent home on the shelf. And it's fruity. It has good acidity. It's kind of nice, medium-bodied. It is an obscure grape, so it's kind of fun to turn people onto. It has a really, it's funny, both of the picks so far have very graphic black and white labels. <laughs> so they're very, they're good gifts, you know, mm -hmm. they look cool. Um, so if you haven't had the Calizzo, that's a, that's a sleeper hit. I would say that's definitely an unsung hero. This, okay, wow. This is a lot. So you, you I'm have looking, two picks. I get two picks in a row. You do. And... I'm not going to pick red since I feel like I'm safe with the remaining reds. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, that's uh, true. That's the, the strategy. Reds, yeah. And I'm gonna, so I have to go with my gut and what I wanted for a white first. And I'm wondering if I'm going to piss off the others at the table. We'll see. As I feel like the heritage He's I'm taking for you, is from Bali. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe not. But I'm going to have to take the Zacharias. Yes. Oh. Which is fair. It's like Padawan taking on yeah. the master. The students are passing. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Molly, thank you I've for I've never it. drafted before. I don't like sports. <laughs> Savage move, Andy. You Savage. know, this is some delicious minerally white wine that I, stop, every, I pick it up frequently and it's yeah. always exactly what I want. And it so it's an old standby that I would feel... Happy to see on literally any glass list. If we're going by like a glass list as the mm -hmm. metric, I would be thrilled to see this on a glass list. And so I feel strongly about it. And it represents, I think, uh, yours as well as my love of... <laughs> so in case you <laughs> I'm so glad I didn't have to do it, Sorry. but that it got done. I feel like we need to fill the listener in on why I'm, mm -hmm. I'm sure. quietly fuming. I was loudly fuming, and now I'm quietly... Andy, why am I so mad? Because this is, I mean, this is your wine. You are like old school. The Greek Greek wine is where you really, uh, I think, pride yourself in some ways and mm -hmm. maybe mm -hmm. like to share that love. But because it's a smaller wine producing region, it gets less love overall. But this clearly is getting lots of love. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's a testament to Molly's love of Greek wine that an Assertico is in our top 10 wines of the year. Yeah. Absolutely. It's our third best-selling white of the year and our sixth best-selling wine overall. So that really says something. And it's also one of those things that as soon as someone has one bottle, then they come back and want many more bottles. 
and it's affordable and it's cool. It's just like the goat. Like I'd always want a bottle of it. If I'm picking up wine, yeah, it's like if I don't want it tonight, I'll want it tomorrow. It's one of those like I know I'll drink it happily. Yeah. And it's also a testament to it. Look, looking at the numbers, it's something that we are not always able to have in stock. So the fact that we sold this much of it is really remarkable because there have been stretches of time throughout 2022 where the vintage ended or whatever. It was just just wasn't here. Yeah. So it is surprising it's on the top 10. I think it shows that your love has translated yeah. into the community's yeah. love for this You've wine. Shown people. It's a really good pick, Andy, and I'm really pissed. <laughs> it's a really good pick. I'm really okay. pissed I didn't uh, take it. Yeah. I continue my streak oh, yeah. of maybe taking from oh, no. the Moran <laughs> legacy. <laughs> don't know what to call it. No, I think this one maybe is less contentious. And I just want to make sure it's right. I don't want to get moved with. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, again, goes back to when I'm in the shop and I think about like when people were looking for bubbly, what I would always go to as a special bubbly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh. yeah. I think, you know, I, I'm sticking with this because I think it's the wine that I recommended most for bubbles yeah, ultimately. For sure. And that's the Lucchetti special rosé rosado sparkling mm-hmm. rosado which yeah. we just tasted on an episode oh not yeah too long we've ago. just yeah we've had this because it's such a standout bottle of bubbly to me where it's a tier above like the ten dollar to twelve dollar level and sitting just above that though it's like special it's unique it's yeah. delicious it's a crowd pleaser i think it's a great gift wine it like fulfills all the things for what I want in bubbles, um, like the a bubbles that I'd be happy to drink any day of the week. Yeah, that I also am comfortable giving as a gift and bringing to an event. Yeah, it's great. It's great to give as a gift. It's got a really just like brilliant, bright pink crest on it. It says the word special. I love to re- <laughs> recommend it to people who are like, I'm going to a thing. I got invited too late. Somebody's birthday or somebody you know got a new job or something. Um, the wine is great. It just makes it really memorable gift. And Molly and I visited it with friends in 2018. And so ever <laughs> since, it's just been like a, a standard at the store. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I remember when you came back with that wine and I loved it. Right? <laughs> because we've, we did talk about it on a recent podcast. I'm just going to throw in two little fun facts. One, I picked it for December Wine Club this month. Having never, somehow never picked that wine before, I don't understand how it was possible that I've had wine club for this many years and didn't pick it. So there's that part of it. And also, so far, we've picked four wines. All four of them have really graphic, good labels. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, oh, is that why they're popular? Because they have nice labels. It's a good label, though. They're just like generally appealing labels. They have nice aesthetics. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So... Um, nice pick, Sandy. I feel good about that. Very well so done. far, Very so well good. He pissed yeah. off the side of the table, but he did a good job. But, yeah, I know. I think I, the- I actually had special as my fourth oh, choice, so okay. I, I was not. I was probably not going to take it off the list. So, oh, well, that- um, so we're coming back to me. I'm in the middle. Yeah. Yes. Oh no, you're, no, you're in the middle. Oh, I'm in the middle. Yeah. I'm in the middle. <laughs> I, was, I was just Are going in, in a clock. So we have two reds okay. have been picked, a bubbly and a white. Yeah. So I. I don't know. I feel like there are lots of things I could do here, but the category that I struggled with the second most (laughs) Mm -hmm. was rosé. Oh, interesting. And Mm -hmm. so I'm going to take the rosé that I love. There are are four of them. No. 
I'm taking Palouse Massage yeah. Rosé. Yeah. I think that it is, of our best-selling rosés, hands down, the best wine. It is Loire Valley Rosé of Cab Franc. It's herbal and minerally, and there's a little bit of fruit. I think that yeah. it's way more interesting. Um, no no shade to all of you, because you all determine these bestsellers, but I got to say the best-selling rosé is not the most ex- interesting bunch. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, I. There were workhorse wines. There were yeah. workhorse. Yeah. Well, the the top rosé of the year we sold at the rosé party, and people just flipped over. So yeah, like, and I I'm sure someone will pick it, and I will have to eat my words because I won't win this draft. But I don't care. I like the Palouse Massage, and that. I mean, the Palouse Massage is also one of those things that signals to me that spring is turning into summer. Like when that comes in, it's that's when the rosé garden gets yeah. built, and we really kind of turn over into being your place to buy incredible rosé. So, mm-hmm. um, plus, it's got you know beautiful little birds on the Yeah, label. we're just going to talk is. about labels it's now. Beautiful. <laughs> it's, it's the first thing that stuck out to me. I, but again, one of that is so one of your wines in my mind. Right? It's just like a ta- to me, it's just like very table wine. Yeah. 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 It yeah. is. Yeah. It's a table wine staple. And All right, Connor. Now it's you. I didn't realize I got two picks as well. Andy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the one who gets this screwed. It's it's you. I am going to do maybe the opposite of what Andy did and just pick for myself here. Uh, I don't think anyone else will take this wine, but I am going to take my white wine is going to be the Pratch Gruner Veltliner. <laughs> They will decide whether you lost or not. Um, Remember how much you all like me. <laughs> yeah. No, there are great choices still yeah. left. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love the Pratch Gruner. I mean, I like Gruner generally. I think that this one, obviously, it is wonderful because it's a liter bottle and you can take it anywhere and have a wonderful time. But um, it just has a little bit less of the kind of one note acid citrus going on there's some florals to it it's a little softer i think it it goes well with a lot of different people's palates and i love taking things like gruner places because people don't have preconceived notions about those kinds of wines it's just uh something you can expose people to and uh i love to see it i love to see it selling as well yeah gruner is great and and i was and we we before we had narrowed, or maybe in the midst of miscommunicating around some of this, I I searched out a spreadsheet, the spreadsheet that we're looking at for Gruner, because I was like, Gruner should get some representation in our picks. And so I'm glad Pratch Gruner is up there. Yeah. <laughs> no, like, I would I also say there's other Gruners that I would have picked first, but we're not in the top 10. I right. want to give that right. a shout out. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I didn't know Molly would be so upset. <laughs> You took the Assyrtico and the Gruner. I'm, I'm just, um, a, I'm a little at a loss now. <laughs> yeah, all the acid wines. Molly doesn't have the acid wines. Um, okay. Well, then I won't. No, do it. No, no do, no, no. do whatever you want to do. There. Here's what I'm going to do. I know what I want to take. I don't want ro- your charity. No, no. I, want, I know what I want to take for Rosé. <laughs> I'm going to leave it on the table and see if it comes back to me. 
That's wait, that's wait. You have two picks. I took. I know. I'm I, gonna okay. leave the pink on the table. But okay. I took rosé already, so you're oh. leaving it for Andy. Oh, so you two even, are colluding. Even, are I see what's happening. Even worse. No. Even okay. Worse. I didn't. Yeah. All right. Well, maybe never mind. Um, I am going to pick my bubbly pick, and I am going to take the. Azimut Brutna Turkava. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Just because I don't yell when someone makes yeah. a pick doesn't mean it's not a good one. No, that was different. Yeah. yeah. That was a different way of thinking about it. Um, so, all natural kava from Spain. It is bone dry. It is lemon pithy and it is absolutely wonderful. I was working on Christmas Eve just last weekend and I couldn't take this wine out of people's hands. Like, so many people just gravitated toward it. It is. One of the most kind of exciting and interesting sparkling wines I think we've brought in in the last year or two. And it's a testament to how good it is that it's just rocketed up this chart to, you know, fifth or sixth best-selling bubbly in the store. And I need to give a shout out to Justin Spaller, who Andy and I interviewed in season two, who was one of our distributors, because... That was a wine that I had tasted and just kind of fell off my radar. It wasn't that I didn't like it. Actually, this the exact same thing happened with Uva Non Grata, where I tasted it, liked it, and didn't have a shelf spot that day or a need for it, and it just fell off my radar. And in the case of the Azimut, it was Justin bringing it back to me and saying, I really think this is a table wine kind of wine. Like, I really think you need to have this. And I was like, okay, we'll do it for Wine Club. I'll give it a spot on the table. And it's just skyrocketed. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's a, I believe Lucas, his staff, picked it right now. Like, yep. everybody loves it. It's fantastic. I should have done this before I made my sparkling pick, but we're halfway through. I just want to review really quickly. And I'd love to say I have picked three categories, and I've gotten my top pick in each Ooh. category that I, when I sat down and I thought, <laughs> this is the draft I want. I've gotten three out of the four <laughs> wines I've picked. So feeling pretty good about it. We'll just we'll just go around and review what we've taken so far. I got the number one pick in the draft. I took Uvanon Grata Gamay for my red. I've also picked the Pratch Gruner Veltliner for my white. And then I took the Azimut Brutnatur Kava as my sparkling. And I have chosen in red the Venta La Vega Calizzo and in rosé the Palus Massange Rosé. And I picked in white the Zacharias Assertico and the Lucetti Special Sparkling Rosado as my bubbles. All right. So here we go. It's back to me. Does anybody need a refill on our delicious wine? (laughs) If shit's going to keep getting pulled out from under me, I guess so. Listeners, you're not seeing the seething that Molly (laughs) is experiencing. Just the seething. That her choices, her top picks have been taken from her. For the record, I love this. I'm having a blast. I'm having so much fun, and I don't want to do bestsellers again. I want to do some other category. (laughs) I want to have a little more latitude in what I'm picking. Okay, so it is back to me. And I am out of love with, like, all the whites. You have to pick. From, no, I just get I have yes. I have white bubbles and wild card left. Yeah. Andy could be really mean and pick something in wild card, I suppose. Mm, he definitely could. But there's like 60 other things. Right. That the wild card so it opens up if I picked the thing you want. Right. Yeah. So I feel like I'm going to not do that and I'm going to pick in bubbly. Mm. 
the Avino Petiant. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very surprised that this is left on the table. I got to be honest. It was my first pick for Bubbles with as, as, as second and special as third. So clearly we're all on the same page about this stuff. But, That's amazing. Um, Andy, we've done Avino Petiant on the show before, haven't we? I believe so. And this was on my list as well. So I'm thrilled. It, it's an old oldie and a goodie. A it's, unique. It was my number two pick. Yeah. I also had Azamut <laughs> in that order. Right. So. There's some sort of weird bias maybe happening yeah. amongst Right. <laughs> it's fair. But um, for those of you who somehow, I don't know, have ever been to Table Wine before and not left with a bottle of Vivino Petiant, you need to remedy yeah. that as yeah. soon as possible. Absolutely. Yeah. It is a lightly sparkling Spanish wine from Avino, who they are a cava house. And I thought about actually putting the their reserva cava mm-hmm. as my choice. But I was like, you know what? The Petion is truly a porch pounder. It yeah. is something that you can drink any time of day. You know, oh, Andy, yeah. you know Andy loves a breakfast wine. Yes. An omelet, maybe? This is I, when I first started at Table Wine in 2017. This was one of the most exciting wines to me because it was so different than anything else I had tasted, and just made me excited about like the world of wine because you're like, oh, there's so much potential, and and it's affordable. Where it's like, this is not crazy money. This is like affordable juice that's really interesting and, yeah. and fun and different. For people listening at home, though, it's just a petion. It's not a pet mat, right? Correct. Petion meaning sparkling. Yeah. Mm. But it does have that kind of light effervescence. Mm-hmm. So it's not full-on method traditional like kava. Like it's not big bubbles. But it's different grapes than they are allowed to use in kava. So it does have a little fruitiness to it. It is one of those wines that is has a sneaky amount of fruitiness. Mm-hmm. People who tell me that they only like bone dry things also love a vigno petillant. Sure. So it's, um, it's a fun one. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's it. That's my pick. Oh my gosh. Wait, so it's now to me. You Andy, get two picks. Andy has two picks. And I have two picks, and I have red, rosé, and my wild card. So I'm not going to do red yet, because I, I think that's safe. Yeah. Wait, no, wait, I got my red and my, okay. I'm going to start with my rosé and go with, yeah, I'm going to, hmm. Okay, I have to make this choice. This was hard. Mm-hmm. There's a few here that I'm between, but I'm going with. The McBride sisters, she can rose. Format choice is important here. I think I need the can represented on my picks because That's we all know Andy loves a can of wine. Yeah. Uh, there was the face. We do. I look back at this now. That, that first year of working for it, like the amount of cans of wine I brought to movie theaters, absurd. <laughs> Like, you realize a can of wine is a game changer. And this rosé is super solid juice. So I think together. And we love the McBride sisters as winemakers. And so it's this trifecta of, I think, like, uh, like, it's juice I would never be upset with drinking. It comes in a can. It's portable. And good winemakers. So I'm pleased with that. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great. I want more cans of wine in my life. Yeah, it's all around great. We did feature it on a podcast. So if you're like, what is that? You can go back and listen to us chat about it. Something that I find interesting is that for the most part, with wines that I pick, I won't say that I would never buy a wine from a large winery, but I try to find wines that are from smaller producers. And with McBride Sisters, they are a large producer. They are the world's largest black-owned winery. And for me, that trumps yeah. the small producer 
card, I guess. Mm -hmm. And for me, I think like, okay, it's woman owned and black woman owned. And so for me, I'm like, that's more important. Additionally, though, the wine's very good. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm just saying that like, you know, when I'm thinking about, is this a wine that's at the grocery store? I'm like, it might be. And I don't care because it's really good wine and they, and I want to support them. So yeah. Yes. And Good choice, I, Andy. Thank you. No, I know, now we're deeper in the drafting. Some other things come into consideration. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so for my red, as I'll go with the red and do the you're not gonna do wild, wild card, card last. You're not going to do your wild card? He promised me he wasn't going to do it. I'll, I'll be nice. Uh, <laughs> I'll be nice. And even this, I'm torn between a couple things. And I'm going to go with, I'll explain. The Cinta Montepulciano. Wow. I took that to Christmas. Because... I needed some Italian representation and especially You have like, the Lucchetti. Oh, sorry. More Italian <laughs> representation. You're right. I was like, did I pick an Italian? <laughs> but this is some just workhorse red Italian. Like, I don't know what... I, I think it's easy to look over the $10 bottles of Italian reds. And this is one of yep. those things that I had, I think, years... Like, I just looked over it for a long time. Then I finally brought it home. And I was like, oh, this is like good wine for a great price. Yep. And it made me appreciate the Italian <laughs> wine culture more i feel like to me it just captures like look at italians make good juice it's not always fancy it's not gonna always knock your socks off but it's gonna go good with a meal you'll be pleased it's affordable you can't go wrong great that's how i feel great (laughs) chinta is a wine that reminds me of our mission and that we want to focus on wines that are under $25 that are interesting and good and that go well with food, right? Like that that is what we focus on. And I will say, looking at our bestsellers, I don't actually want to share the spreadsheet with everybody, but I kind of wish you all could see the spreadsheet because it's very clear that that's how you all shop or like that is what you all are interested in in as well. So far, we have not talked about anything that is over $20, right? And nothing in the top... I mean, I'd, I'll scroll down and see where we finally get above 20, but it's pretty far down. Let's just say that. So that's a good reminder mm-hmm. on the Chinta. Yeah. Okay. So I have white and wild card left. That's right. And while I, you both have already chosen your white, I am concerned that one of you might be rude. <laughs> <laughs> And actually, no, Andy doesn't get to go again before me, right? Right. You've got your two picks come before Andy picks again. So I might be rude. Right. That feels Uh more likely. Mm -hmm. Um, Although it is Andy who took the Asir to go. So. (laughs) Thank you, Andy. I think you're both just out to get me. So. You picked before me. You could have picked that first. I know, but I had a red I had to get. Okay. Anyway. So there's a debate, internal debate here as to whether or not I pick my white or I pick my wild card. I did not come up with a wild card list. You didn't yeah. come up with a wild I card list? Did, I didn't because I was like, oh, I'll play it fast and loose and see what you all pick. So. Can I, do you want me to tell you what category my no. wild card's in? No, it's okay. okay. I'm, I'm just going to do it. I'm going to pick my white okay. so that I feel good about my choice. And I'm going to go with the Polish Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, this Slovenian Sauv Blanc made a gigantic splash when it first appeared at Table Wine. Mm-hmm. Was that 2020 or 2021? It was definitely during the pandemic. It was 2020. It was the wine of 2020 for sure. 
Was there, was there a Polish Pinot Grigio come after the Sauv Blanc? I think actually okay. we started maybe with the Pinot Grigio, right? which is yeah. the skin contact. Yes. And we just drank that last night, and the Pinot Grigio. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so good. So and good. it's this like pretty little pink wine. But the Polish Sauv Blanc is wildly popular for a Slovenian Sauvignon Blanc. It combines the fruity tropical thing of New Zealand with the minerals of France. I think it's just a... It's yeah. really lovely Sauvignon Blanc, and I will say in our top 10 whites, Sauvignon Blanc makes a very strong appearance, and I am the only one picking one, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> Which is kind of funny, guys. The, the, well, the mean, crowd likes Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, Whether that's, that's what fine. we all want is a different story. Yeah. I'll, just, I'll just say, looking at the list, there were a number of things that jumped out at me, but I had to go, we have to get down to the 29th wine to find a wine from the United States. But you only have to get to 18 to find one from Slovenia. So <laughs> that's another thing about how the, how the store runs. Yeah. A lot I, of, you know, Greece is six. Slovenia's Slovenia is 18. 18 U.S. Like is it. coming in at 30. I like it. I like it. Um, yeah. So that's my pick. The Polisov Blanc. Again, on my list. A lot, yeah. I like that all the things I was thinking about are getting chosen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? All right, so these are your last two picks. Is that right, These are Mr. my last two picks. I have rosé, which I left on the table, and, and Andy did not take the Molly rosé that I left on the table. Mm. Um, and then I have wild card pick. I do think it's funny. We talked about whether we were going to leave wild card for last before the draft started, and everyone's like, no, just throw it in there. You can get it whenever you want. And then we all waited and took it last. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> We're not in that scheme. So I, I had two rosés that I was going back and forth between. The one that I left on the table because it was a Molly pick was the... Oh, thanks, honey. Amistoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Rubentis. It is uh, also one of those tried and true table wine rosés. Stands a little taller than the rest. Mm-hmm. And uh, is just, you know, wonderful. They're the first... Uh, people to make rosé of chocolina um and uh it... what's chocolina connor mm. <laughs> chocolina is molly's favorite wine everybody <laughs> uh i don't know if it's is it hondurabi zuri when it's the rosé or is it a different grape it's hondurabi belza uh, belza okay. which is the red chocolina is in a region in the basque region of Spain. okay great and that was what i was going to take but it is oh, not my pick. Oh, oh, sassy. My pick, sassy. as I started to think about what defines rosé at Table Wine, I couldn't help myself. I'm going to take Villa Wolf Pinot Noir Rosé. Wow. Oh. He's just getting votes. He just... I, yeah. I'm getting the most votes. I'm mad at the people. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Villa Wolf Pinot Noir Rosé, for all of you who have shopped at Table Wine, is the rosé that signals this is really rosé season. Everyone goes home with one. It's case stacked at the register. It just really is, has been that tried and true rosé for the store. And so while there may be other things that I might take home more often, that's the rosé that I'm taking. Sassy sassy moves. I like it. Thanks. Well I, done. Yeah, well done, sir. Yeah. I also like that I did like a five-minute monologue about a different wine just before. <laughs> um, it's good content. Thank you. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. Um, okay, so wild card. This feels like a separate draft here. Yeah. We were, the the reins were taken off, and we got to choose from the top 100 best-selling wines 
of the year. It's actually 105 because there are a number of ties there at at 100. And I really do appreciate that you didn't just take it like alphabetical or whatever and you left those on there. Because I'm going to take a wine at 100. Oh. Whoa. I am going to take something that I think if they had done their research, either of my other people would take. And I'm going to take Unico Zello Esoterico nice. as my wild card. Yeah. Yeah. Man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm not entirely sure they knew it was on the list, guys, because I think they both would have taken it early. Nope. I, oh, God. There might be a method to my madness. Uh, Please t- talk to us about Esoterico. There isn't. I, I take this wine mainly, uh, it is an orange wine. It is from Unico Zello in Australia. And it's just always an event when you have a bottle of this wine. It's not here for very long when it is. But I remember incredibly vividly Molly and I going out for a surprise sushi dinner and drinking a bottle of this wine and it just being the perfect thing, the perfect thing for the night, the perfect thing for the food, and just such a lovely experience drinking it. What's the grape in there, Mal? It's not just one grape, Connor. (laughs) It's a lot of grapes. (laughs) What's Uh that now? Uh It is Zabibo, Uh Gewurztraminer, Moscato Giallo, Greco, and Chardonnay. Woof, what did I just say? So Zabibo is the wine, the grape of Marsala. If you've ever Mm -hmm. had Marsala wine or have ever had chicken Marsala, Marsala, Zabibo is a grape that is grown in Sicily. And then we've got Gewurz and Moscato. So those are, you know, very aromatic things. Greco is grown in Campania. And then, you know, some Chardonnay thrown in for good measure. That's Australian wine making, everyone. Um, (laughs) No, it's just, it's a wonderful white blend. It's, It's an orange wine. So you get these interesting flavor combinations that you wouldn't necessarily get if they were just making white wine out of it. It's floral, it's salty, it's absolutely wonderful from this woman-led winery in Australia. And so, Guys, why am I having a flashback to the three of us talking about wine and me saying that I think if I had to name my favorite wine, that would be the wine? Is that a thing we did? I think you had a dream. I don't know. Did that happen last year? I mean, maybe. I don't know. I really feel like this vivid thing where I'm like, no, if I had to do it, That'd be my thing. Ugh. See, this is why I thought you'd take it as a wild card. Well, I have a, I have a savvy choice. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm not really dumb interested here. in our wild cards. Now. I'm not dumb. <laughs> I'm not dumb. Okay, so um, we all agree. Me, excellent choice. Great Thank choice, you. Connor. Thanks, everybody. We love that wine too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, so when Andy and I conceptualized of this, Andy really sweetly was like, "Okay, rosé and skin contact, yeah. right?" Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just ran numbers, and it takes a long time to get down to a skin contact wine, right? So by dint of that, the top 10 rosés or skin contacts all ended up being rosé. Oh. Um, but I am also going to pick a skin contact wine. Oh, amazing. And I was not upset that you picked Esoterico, because I am picking Thorn and Daughter's Menagerie, because that wine fucking rocks. <laughs> can, you see, can you see that under Esoterico, I wrote Thorn and crossed it out? That wine is so good. Yeah, I can that verify that he did. So good. So it is Grenache Gris and Grenache Blanc from South Africa. Skin contact. It is like luscious and peachy and it has salty. The best label. Yeah, of all of the wines, we've talked about some wines with some good labels. Menagerie has the best label. When I first tasted it, I was like, I want a wallpaper with that wine. Yeah. It's so delicious. My 
I'm not gonna say I don't love Esoterico because I absolutely do. But the thing about Esoterico is that the Esoterico you get when you first open the bottle mm. and the Esoterico mm -hmm. you get even later that night, but definitely the next day, mm -hmm. is a wildly different wine. I like that about it. I think that's really interesting. I know that some people are not on board for that. Yeah. Menagerie is a skin contact wine that doesn't get into the 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 funky land. It doesn't ever get into like sourdough land and it kind of stays in its lane. And for that reason, I really love it. And I think it's wonderful. Can I ask a related question before Andy uh, does his wild card? Do it. Um, <laughs> do, do it. it. <laughs> do it. <laughs> yeah. Can I get draft, Andy, please? Oh, go on. <laughs> when I listened to the natural wine season of the podcast, you talked about, you talked with a wine bar owner in Minneapolis about opening natural wine and keeping it in your fridge for a really long time. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And just recently, around Thanksgiving, when we were looking for room in our fridge, I said, hey, What's this bottle of wine that's tucked here in the back um, almost a year after you opened it? It was Le Pêcheur, mm -hmm. I think. And I would love for you to tell the folks listening and Andy about that experience. So do you remember this? Yeah. When we talked with David. Yes, I've done this too now where I've kept wine in my fridge. Okay. <laughs> so we had the Chenin Blanc that we talked that we talked with Mary yes. at Domestique about, right? Yes. If, for those of you who have listened, it's the Call Me By Your Name wine. Oh my God. And... <laughs> I stuck that in our fridge and just left it. When we went to France, we put a note for the dog sitter, please don't drink me. We let, you know, we don't care if people drink anything else that we have in our house. And that was the one where I was like, please just don't drink it. And then I reached this point where I was like, what am I doing with this? I'm going to taste this. It's been open for eight months now. It's going to taste like shit. It was so good. Oh my God. Arguably, like, I wouldn't say better than what we have in our glass right now, but that's because we're drinking a particularly mm. amazing wine. Yep. Better than most things I've had to drink this year. Wow. It was so lively. It was so vibrant. It was uh, alive. You know, we were talking about natural wine. You know, a, wi a normal wine, a regular wine, after six days in the fridge, is going to taste like crap. It's going to taste like vinegar. Yep. This wine tasted like... We just opened it. It was amazing. So I highly recommend. It was fascinating. It I was like really, really good. Investigate that. That seems incredible. Mm -hmm. Do we still have some in the fridge? No, we liked we it too it much. All. We liked That's it too amazing. much and we just drank it. And we sent you, I think we sent yeah. you our faces. How many months did you, was it in the fridge? From the time we talked with Mary, which I think was like last February until around Thanksgiving. So it was probably nine months. Nine wow. That's super cool. It was yeah. really cool. Inspiring. Proof of concept. <laughs> like, so I keep looking at their website to buy that wine again when the new vintage comes out because yeah. I want to drink more of it. Yeah. Um, okay, is Andy taking us home? I'm ready, and I'm taking y'all home with what to me, I don't want to give it away fully, um, on the spreadsheet. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, I'm tracking I, you. Ah, it just represents so much of why wine is great and special to me, and I list... There's a lot of picks that could be done in this wild card. And the one I'm going to go with, though, is the Ampelea Unlitro yes! Toscano Rosso. Yes! It, to me, it's like a gateway natural wine, but yeah, not even real. like you don't need to be seeking it out as a natural wine. It's a leader, which that format invites dinner party to me. Like, it's really like you should open this with at least a few other people. And so represents like what is possible 
through wine facilitating an event <laughs> because it's like a, I want multiple bottles. Also, really cool people would always seek out that bottle. I feel like out of towners would come and be like, "Ooh, you have un litro," and I was like, "Oh, they know what's up about this wine." Mm-hmm. So it's one of those like I think everyone can love it. It's unique. It's great with food, and so it, like is an ideal dinner party meal, and like just enough interesting going on where someone, even like people who drink wine, would be like, "Ooh, what's this that you brought?" And so it captures like so much of what I love about table wine and what mm-hmm. I think the wine should be about, what wine in general yeah, should be about. That's a great pick. That's a great pick. So I, yeah, I, I have my story of when the oh gosh, Lucius, that band was in town, and I mm-hmm. saw them, and they they came to the table wine beforehand, and they wanted that wine. And then called out table wine at the concert that night. Mm. And that wine is part of the magic. It's such a good bottle of wine. I love that. That's I feel good about that. I feel like we picked a lot of things that are like they say table wine. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Like Well, I I mean I think a great job. By doing the best sellers, we're picking things that we stand behind and that our audience stands behind. Our customers really love these things and so Unfair. But does yeah. anyone want an honorable mention? Do you want to oh, yeah. do you want to call out? Yeah, we should hundred percent do honorable mentions. I would like to say, and I, I have my sheet here for Molly to back me up. I got my number one wine in every category today. Wow. Also, Connor and I have so many of the same picks. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. Love it. Love it. Shout out honorable mentions. Anybody? I know. What? I'll start. I have one. My bubbly honorable mention, the fourth thing that I had on my list was the um, Malachok. Oh, uh, yeah. Mind no. uh, Niklas, our friend. Yeah, right. <laughs> Everyone should go back and listen to season two. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I really I love putting that wine in people's hand. Malachok means party animal. And it just is a wonderful bubbly uh, to be able to share with people. I think my, I mean, I have a lot because obviously yeah. I stand behind all of these wines. But within like the top 10 of everything, right? Going back you to that to kind that? of like... Okay category i would say we did not talk about tintero rosado Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and that is a really delicious wine i think the the complaint if if there is one is that it goes down so easily Mm -hmm. that you kind of forget you're drinking wine and so i picked the palouse because it's like a little more thinky um but tintero is delicious (laughs) it's so fun um it's ridiculously good yeah and i will say like new year's eve is in a couple of nights Connor and I will be drinking a bottle of, you know, Premier Cru Rosé Champagne. <laughs> not um, El Jefe? Right? Not El Jefe. But that said, if I didn't own a wine store and had like my old job and got to shop at Table Wine, I guess, like if I was a Table Wine customer, Las Monteros Cava. Cru Champagne. No, no, Las Monteros Cava. Oh my like God, there's a right. reason that it's our best selling yeah. sparkling wine. I stand behind that wine. I think it is really good i know i picked something else for our bubbles but i just have to give a shout out to that wine and that kava got me through a new year's eve party when i brought a case and i think it was a great party i don't remember all of it and i think that's why so good but speaking of good kava for or just bubbles i i have to give a shout out to the fuso prosecco the flora the flora i it's think really that good. is so so good and just a price point right around the monteros that like a little something different that i think mm-hmm. Is always fun. And it's a fun label. It's just yeah. a fun package. I agree. Why don't we recap per by person yeah. what our picks were? And then um, I want you all to vote and tell us. Val- validate our... Andy likes validation. You know? <laughs> Andy, needs, Andy needs validation love from me. people. Love my picks, <laughs> so let's run down our picks. All right. 
I'll start because I started the draft. So in red, I took the Uvanon Grata Gamay. In white, I took the Pratch Gruner Veltliner in a surprisingly um, fraught pick. Um, <laughs> True. In rosé, I took the Villa Wolf Pinot Noir rosé. In bubbly, I took the Azimut Brut Natur Cava, and my wild card was the Unigozello Esoterico. Lovely. For my red, I had the Venta La Vega Calizzo. For my white, I had the Pula Sauvignon Blanc. My rosé was the Palus Massange rosé. My bubbles were Avigno Petiant. And then my wild card was Thorn and Daughters Menagerie. Oh, such good picks. Okay. And my red was the Cinta Montepulciano di Abruzzo. Uh, the Zacharias Assertico, Molly's favorite that I took from her for my wife. <laughs> um, the McBride Sisters She Can Rosé for Rosé and all the can lovers. And the Lucchetti Special Sparkling Rosado as my bubbly. And my wild card was the Ampelea Un Litro Toscano Rosso, which... There's an Italian bent here, Andy. I know. I realized. I, and then I have more shout outs for Italian. I'm like, I need to stop. Like, no, all they're the, great. Like, I all, like, the Italians just, I like it. I just That's like. That's great. I actually, I, you picking the McBride Sisters she can was great because my number two red was the McBride Sisters red blend. I was really excited that they got picked. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think a lot of people who shop at the store, it resonates with them, but that's a really good blend. Um, I think we all did smashingly well. Yeah. I'm very proud of us. Um, we, oh, should we? No. Connor's trying to toast. He doesn't, guys, he's just a special. We were done. He doesn't know the whole we thing. I would really love to offer as many of these wines as are available. There I would 15. love to offer because we definitely don't have some of the rosés. Mm. The Villa Wolf, for sure, and the Palouse, but Andy's pick. So I think we could probably put together a podcast case. And there's so many other good rosés on. Like That was actually the funniest thing was looking at this. I was most nervous about rosé coming in, I think. And then after you were picking, I was like, oh, I still like those other. Like, I was like, these yeah. are all good choices. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this was a blast. Yeah. This was as fun as I wanted it to mm-hmm. be, and I really appreciate that. And we have a new season-ending tradition here. Yeah. Maybe, or maybe this is just season four, it's just drafts. <laughs> <laughs> How do we up the stakes? I'm like, what is the way to make Right? This? By country. We yeah. Can do, you know, we could do liquors, we could do all sorts of things. Mm-hmm. I like it. Someone like spits out the wine if they don't like it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Um, thank you. Do we want to do a little wrap up, a little night happy thing? Yeah, let's. This is taking from Pop Culture Happy Hour, but forecasting to 2023. What is a wine or wine adjacent trend or phenomenon that you hope will happen or expect to happen? Because I like they could go really wild. Yeah. Um, I got to think through this. Or it could be like, finally, your customers appreciate French wine. Our customers <laughs> generally go, appreciate French wine. Exclusively. <laughs> <laughs> I've been working on that for a long time. Um, what's a trend that I think will happen in 2023? So over the course of Table Wine, I've seen rosé become more of a year-round staple, mm-hmm. which kind of opens the door for like other styles to be the interesting thing or the like the occasional thing. You know, because now rosé is kind of like part of the 
mm-hmm. every day. Right. So it's kind of trying to see what do I think is going to fill that gap. I think the obvious answer here is skin contacts. Mm-hmm. Um, while there weren't enough of them sold to join the top 10 of rosés, there were quite a lot of them if we look at this list. Yeah. And there's an interest in them mm-hmm. um, for sure. So I think that that's, that's the big one. I think the other thing that I'm seeing, and obviously I have an upper hand here because I actually do this for a living and you guys <laughs> <laughs> join me for the podcast, is the interest in non-alcoholic. Oh, yeah. The things that people want to be drinking that are interesting non-alcoholic beverages. That's huge. You know, we put them in the front of the store. Because people are really interested in something to drink that is not fake. Juice and soda. Yeah, juice or soda or doesn't taste fake. And so I see that continuing. Do you, is that a thing where wineries produce non-alcoholic options? or? So there are a couple of wineries who do that. I have not been really wildly impressed with those ones. It's actually people who specialize in it that I think are doing a better job. But then there is a distillery in Brooklyn who makes Amaro and makes aperitivo and things like that. And then they do the phony Negroni and they... Um, That's delicious. We have one in the cute. fridge right now. They just came out. We have, we'll have coming in January an Amaro spritz. That's a non-alcoholic Amaro spritz that I'm super excited about. So I feel like distillers are better at doing a non-alcoholic spirit than wineries are at doing non-alcoholic wine. That makes sense. Gauntlet is thrown wineries. What's yeah. that? I said the gauntlet is thrown wineries. Yeah, step up. I think that's very good. Good pick. Good thing Thanks. Both will happen. Yeah. Um, mine goes back to, I think a couple years ago, or maybe a year ago, we were thinking about just like keeping an eye on the radar of wine world and like young drinkers. There's like the wine market has been geared toward older drinkers for a while. And now there's like this bottom falling out from the younger drinkers. And so I see a huge push for getting millennials to drink wine. Millennials, Gen Zs? Millennials. I think millennials. Maybe Gen Zs too. Yeah. I I think millennials though. Gen Zs drink wine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't like, I see the Lady Gaga, Dom Perignon collab partnership as an interesting example of like bringing pop celebrity into high-end drinking, but that it's going to be like, you know, the... I'm trying to think what good celebrities will come out, but like there will be celebrity marketing for what crypto, like, you know, they were all on crypto. Now they'll come to wine and actually sell a product. (laughs) Gives you what you want. The bottom won't drop out of wine. (laughs) No, exactly. I just see a huge millennial push in the wine world. We'll see. I I don't know what that means yet, but I want to see some fun commercials or things. We'll revisit this at the end of 2023 and see how we did. What's your prediction? So my prediction is far less broad than your predictions. It does not rely on Lady Gaga. It does not rely on macro trends. (laughs) My trend for 2023 is the Table Wine Wine Garden. We have the coolest place to come sit and have a glass of wine. It's outdoors. It's off the street. There's an amazing pine tree. And also Molly picks your wines for you. And with <laughs> much help from Lucas. But uh, I think it's the the addition to the Madison wine scene that uh, we've needed for a while. And uh, it's one of the reasons we bought the building. And I cannot wait to open it up again in March. Oh, yeah. And millennials can flock to it. <laughs> <laughs> Flock away, millennials. Flock Flock away. away. I love you all. (laughs) 
flock away. Doesn't matter how old you are. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone exactly. is welcome. Yes, exactly. Um, I love that. Thank you for the self-promotion. You're welcome. Mm-hmm. Um, I think with that, it's time. Happy 2023. Happy 2023. Chin-chin. 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 The Table Line Podcast is brought to you by me, Andy Stoiber, and Molly Moran. Special thanks to Craig Ely for his production consultation. If you're enjoying what we're doing here and want to support us, you can do so at tablelinemadison.com slash podcast. And as always, please review, rate, like, subscribe, and share. Thanks for listening. Hope you tune in again soon.